Welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives, like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Kathy, and today I have a special co-host. Miranda is on an island somewhere getting a tan, um, and we're so excited for her, but we're really excited to have Laura Chapman with us. She serves in leadership at Rolling Hills in our care and connections ministry. Laura, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Good to be here. We also have a special guest and dear friend with us, Amy Dennis. Amy is a wife. She's a mom. She is a longtime friend of mine and of our family. She's a part of our Rolling Hills family. And today we're stepping into this topic of women in leadership. And Amy has been such a beautiful example of what that looks like and how to do that. Amy, will you start off? Just tell us a little bit about who you are. What do we need to know about Amy Dennis? (laughs) Probably nothing, really. (laughs) Um, I am a mom to Noah, who is 10. Um, I am married to Andy, who is um, completely opposite of me (laughs) in many ways, in many great ways. Um, We've been married for 14 years. Um, We are from Florida and moved to Nashville, well, Franklin, about 10 years ago now. Um, all thanks to Kathy Kuhn. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've been here kind of ever since, and we had no reason to move other than we just really, really love the area and wanted to raise our son here. Um, I am a creative by all sense of the word. Um, however, I'm a creative that cannot draw or pretty much do anything artistically inclined. <laughs> um, I have the ideas, and that's about as far as I can get myself. Um, but I have been in a creative leadership role for pretty much my entire career. Mm. So, Oh, awesome. Okay, Amy, tell us a little bit about just your faith journey. What, what have been significant moments in your life, and how has your relationship with Christ evolved? Yeah. Um, Really, I have been—I was born and raised in the church, so I'm kind of one of those long time, always—it's always been in front of me, um, never really had a choice in the matter until, you know, when I was on my own and had to decide if I was going to get up on Sunday and go to church or not. I would say that over the past um, 10 years, I've grown a lot stronger and more purposeful in my faith, um, just having more of a personal relationship with Christ than just a, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday night relationship with Christ. Um, and that's been—that's changed me a lot personally. I think that moving to Tennessee was a huge part of that because um, when— I got married to Andy. Andy had his friends, and I had my friends, and we had our friends, but they were just friends, you know, similar to the faith, just what we had grown up with. Um, So the faith was also what we had grown up with. But when we moved to Tennessee, we were able to really be intentional about who we wanted to be friends with and who we wanted to surround ourselves with. Um, So it really— it really changed things for us um, in terms of our lifestyle and just how we were day to day and just the purpose behind, you know, our faith. Oh, that's, that's, been that's great. Okay. You are a savvy businesswoman. You are an incredible mm. leader <laughs> and um, started your own company. So talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I um, I came out of college just uh, knowing I wanted to do graphic design um, at a magazine, and I was in New York for some time just doing internships up there. Um, when I came back, I came to St. Pete, and I worked at a magazine for three years um, as an associate art director and kind of really had no path for growth there. Um, my boss from there is still there, and he will be there probably <laughs> for the next 25 years. But he was super incredible. Um, he really, I owe my life to him because he taught me everything I know mm-hmm. about layout and design. Um, and once I left that job, I just started freelancing, um, which is really what kind of led me to Nice Branding, which is the agency I founded and owned. Essentially, it just happened. And that's Mm -hmm. the best way I can explain it. Um, It happened and it happened and it happened. And I held on and rode the ride pretty much as long as I could. Um, It was great. Uh, We were, um, you know, we went through our own growth process with the agency where we we kind of finally found our niche of what we wanted to do and who we wanted to be. Um, And just really went went on the ride of like learning how to be a leader and how to own a business and run a business. And it was a great ride and I learned so much and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, But it was definitely hard and it was taxing (laughs) um, and it was joyful. It was all the things. So it it was great. But yeah, it was it was a branding agency. We did um, branding. We did graphic design work and we did a lot of strategic work. What was it like joining in that business, that ownership with Andy with your husband and working alongside him (laughs) every day? Yeah, um, it was honestly magical for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it was for him, but um, essentially he left a full-time job about year seven, I want to say. I don't know. Maybe it was not that long into it. He was at NICE for about seven years, I think. Um, So he, he left... I remember vividly, we were in Nashville. We were actually coming from dinner with Scott and Kathy. And uh, Scott said, well, what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't you go do that, Andy? If if what she's making can pay the bills, why wouldn't you go over there and work for her? <laughs> and that was kind of like one of Andy's main turning points. I never wanted to like force him into coming over and doing my thing. But um, there was a point where something happened with our son that we just both had to look at each other and say, like, we have to make a change. And I will spare him the agony of me telling this story, even though it's a great one and I really want to tell it. (laughs) Um, Basically, there was a turning point. We looked at each other and one of us had to make a change. And I said, you know, do you want to come over here and build, for lack of better words, our empire? Or do you want to continue to build your boss's empire? And that was when he said, no, I'm, I'm going to come build our our family empire kind of thing. And we don't have an empire, but um, just for the sake of kind of describing it. Um, so he came and we did totally separate things. Um, he did all of the finances and 
when I was running it, it might be, you know, three months before you got your invoice from me because I was really just focused on getting people's needs met on a day-to-day basis. And that was, they did not need their invoice. They needed their work. (laughs) So that often fell to the wayside. Um, But he was able to help um, just support that side so I could really focus on the creative side and just building the rest of the business. Um, So we had a lot of like distinction between what we did to where we didn't cross paths mm. often, um, so there wasn't a there wasn't a huge platform for turmoil um, within the day to day. But I mean, it was great because it allowed him to have a flexible schedule as well. So when I was able to be off, he was able to be off. So that was really nice mm-hmm. for our life. Um, he helped a ton with Noah. So he took a very humble approach to the male, I don't know the right words for it, but just kind of what society tells males mm-hmm. they should do. He was very humble in that and helped raise Noah Um way more than I was able to. And that just having him do that, I think, allowed me to flourish at NICE and allowed NICE to flourish because I knew Noah was being loved by his family and not by some random, you know, Mm. person or daycare. Not that they're not great, but um, it gave me a lot of peace of mind in that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a joy to be able to work with my best friend every single day. It was really neat to watch you guys have these different strengths and different skill sets Um, And for those to come together Mm -hmm. to bring something good, not only for the business, but for your family. Yeah. Um, That was really encouraging to watch. In what ways have you viewed or have you seen your career as a ministry? I think— the the business, for just listeners that don't know, the business was acquired um, about a year and a half ago now. So um, not this past November, but the previous November. And going through that has obviously been um, a journey in and of itself. But I think that what I have really come to see during the time since then is the impact that the company had on so many women um, and where they have gone today and the friendships that are still there, um, that still exist today. There are some lifelong friendships that have been built and just kind of all of that being revealed to me has shown me that the impact was far more than I realized as I was going through it. Um, So, you know, everyone used to ask me, are you going to have another baby? Uh, when are you guys going to have another baby? And I'm going like, no, I have like eight babies and I'm with them (laughs) all day, every day. And that's enough, you know? So just really um, taking on the employees as our own family was a Mm. big part of like what I would say our ministry was through the company, Um, caring for the clients in a way that was real and not just transactional was huge. Um, So many clients were so uh, just like kind through the transition and, you know, still have relationships with them and just their words. So I know there's been impact far more than Mm -hmm. I felt as I was Mm -hmm. going through it. And same with the girls. Many of them have come back to me and and said, you know, like, thanks for being so hard on me, like through it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I learned so much. Now I see why you did the things you did. But just day in and day out, just the kindness and um, I would probably say just the understanding that 
killed me, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in in essence, like really what drained me, that was the ministry of it. So mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, it looked like I was just running a business, but there was so much that was done on a day-to-day to give to the business and the people on both sides of the business that that was, that was my ministry in it. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You know, um, society throws around the phrase girl boss. Mm-hmm. So you're a girl boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> an ultimate girl boss. But from the um, Christian perspective, I don't like that term boss because mm-hmm. that's not conveying what we strive to do. So as a female in leadership, mm-hmm. what are some characteristics or some traits that are that female leaders need to have? I would probably say... I actually made a list, but um, the the one that really stands out to me is just is bravery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that word is kind of a male dominated word, but I think just like having the bravery to do what you need to do in many situations is is key. And whether that's to say, hey, I need you to do this, or hey, I don't like the way you did that, or hey, here's a way that you can do this that might be better, or um, so many people shy away from the things that really need to be said to have an impact on people or to have success in business. Um, And I think there's some bravery in being able to say those things, or whether it's, I'm going to let you you know, step to the side on this and I'm going to take this on as my own, even though it's not my job to do this kind of thing. There's bravery in that as well. So I think I think that would probably be like one of the key words for me is just kind of trying to, you know, not be afraid to do what you need to do oh, um, awesome. and, and to do it with grace and kindness. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, I think that's so important too. As leaders, we're called to um, when you're stepping into those hard conversations, if you're doing it with the idea of building the other person up and loving them well, um, it's actually really God glorifying mm-hmm. um, to it step is. out and have those conversations. Yeah. yeah I and it's it. hard. It's definitely not easy, but you know, it's sometimes it's necessary. So mm-hmm. what have you learned? Um, because I've kind of watched you speak into this along the way and watched you grown in this area Share with us what you've learned about balancing that work life and family life. <laughs> there is no balance to it. <laughs> there is not. There is not. You can keep trying, but you're going to waste your energy. And that's energy you could be putting some to something else. Um, a couple years ago, it dawned on me because I had, um, I had a team at one point that was very eight to five. It was... Why are you working on the weekend? Why are you working right now? It's past five o'clock, like put it down. And then that team essentially evolved and turned over and new team came in and and they were more of the work whenever kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And in that, I don't think one way is right, one way is wrong, but two things that came out of that time period for me was I love what I do. And there's a passion to what I do. And I can try and pull myself away from it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to constantly be pulling myself away from it, which is energy that is not necessary because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And the other term that kind of came to me was just um, work-life integration rather than work-life balance. And 
this doesn't work for everybody because not everyone can set their own hours or their own schedule or have the flexibility. But if I want to work, it's okay. And I'm going to work when I want to work. And it's part of my life. And it doesn't mean that it has to be from eight to five. It can Mm. be whenever I want it to be part of my life. Um, Just like I don't have set hours for God. I don't have set hours for my relationship with Him. He's integrated into everything I do day-to-day, hour-to-hour, same with my work. Um, So I think those are that's really where my balance comes in. Um, I think tactically speaking, like, I know I need to have my quiet times, and I know I need to do some form of exercise. And when either of those two things start to slip, that's when I'm out of balance. Mm -hmm. But today there are so many conveniences to life (laughs) that you can tap Mm -hmm. into, and I think tapping into those are very um, wise and smart and also letting go of just um, societal norms. You know, it doesn't matter if you're— a woman and you don't have dinner on the table when you get home. Like if we need to just pick up and go and get Mm Chick-fil-A, that's what we're going to do. And so luckily, like Andy's been super supportive in that and he's never been demanding. So it's just worked really well. Like if we don't have food, then we're just going to go out and get food or somebody's (laughs) whatever, you know. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I really think like the work-life integration and just loving what you do is really the key to the work-life balance. I can, I have so many pictures of you in my head of on vacation and you're up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever that is, pushing out work so that later in the day you can be present Mm -hmm. with the family or with the rest of us, you know? Um, You don't miss a hockey game unless you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I I watch you with Noah, the time that you are with Noah, you're very present Mm. um, and very with him. And um, I've learned a lot from watching you do that. Yeah. I squeeze I squeeze work in when I need to. Um, it was even just we were on we were on the trip um, this past weekend, and we'd be going from like here to here in the car, and I'd be like, okay, I can get one thing done, <laughs> you know. And so sometimes there's pressure to get things done, and other times it's like, well, you just want to keep yourself afloat so you don't get back and you know fall underwater. But yeah, I mean, I think just using your time wisely is important, and just um, not feeling that pressure of like it's not okay to to, or you don't have to not work, you know, Mm -hmm. like just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean I can't, it's a sin to pull out my laptop and like take care of something if it needs to be taken care of. And I think that's the role I play and that's my career. And if I were in a different role, it it may be different, but um, in the current career I'm in and the one I've been in, it's a, it's an always on kind of position. So Mm -hmm. I have to just learn how to balance the things within it. You mentioned um, like a year and a half ago that you all sold your business. Mm -hmm. So what does life look like now? So um, life is life is still being figured out, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. Um, going, uh, I think I had NICE for 15 years. So that's a pretty long time to be doing the same thing day in and day out and having the mentality of like, you have to keep this thing this is your thing, and there's no one else's mm-hmm. thing that this is, you know. Um, so kind of just trying to strip away from that has certainly been difficult and hard and awesome all at the same time. Um, I have zero regrets in selling the company at all. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, it was definitely the right move and the right time to do it. Um but today I am 
I am working as um, chief brand and marketing officer for She Reads Truth. Um, and that's wonderful because I'm able to, you know, one of the biggest things with NICE is I was able to keep God in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, and and so coming out of NICE, that was my ministry day in and day out. So if I couldn't get to church on Wednesday night or wasn't part of a small group, like that was my small group, mm-hmm. those girls. There was always girls coming in and out of there. So those were my people. Those were the girls that I was pouring into. Um, so I was really fearful to go into just what I would call standard corporate America and like how sure. would I how would I keep that there? And it's such a big part of my faith journey, I mm-hmm. think, is like mm-hmm. my work. And so being able to have God provide She Reads Truth in immediacy was just like, wow. Um, I actually accepted the position at She Reads Truth on my last day as an employee of Nice Branding. Um, So it was just a seamless transition, and um, they were really great about kind of just giving me some flexibility as I transitioned into things. it also meant I had no downtime, which was really interesting because I kind of saw myself taking off at least a year and just doing what I wanted to do and trying to figure out things. But it was just um, very much this is what I'm supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. this is my next mm-hmm. um, thing to step into. And so since then, um, there was a point in time where I thought I was going to leave She Reads Truth and it was really hard because I was like, I love what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. the impact of what I'm doing I have a whole new team of girls to pour into and build and teach and guide. And then the work that we're doing and the the far-reaching impact Mm -hmm. that it has, um, I didn't want to step away from that. And so some things kind of turned and I was able to stay. And so that's been been wonderful. Um, And so really I'm doing what I used to do for my clients, but I'm doing it for She Reads Truth. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah. You took that was a big step to it sell was. your company and it was. Your obedience. The Lord said, Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So for um those listening that are thinking about leadership either now or in the future, for female leaders, what advice do you have? I actually wrote a list for this one. I think it was late at night, and I was like, why am I doing this right now that I was just writing? But um, I think a couple of things, so I'll just I'll just get to it. Um, never let the words come out of your mouth that say, I don't have what I need. Like, find a way to make it happen. Um, have self-awareness and do whatever it takes to have that. So I think I've seen leaders that don't have that and how detrimental it is, but um, just knowing your faults and— not letting those get in the way of progress um, is very important and just being aware of those and letting others know that you were not perfect either just because mm-hmm. you're in a leadership role. Um, that I think um, basically like take the bull by the horns, just do it. Like just go after it, go after it with confidence and um, you know, just just do that. Reward yourself. I think that mm-hmm. was one of the things over and over and over like, I don't know if I should say this on here, but like buy the bag if you need to buy the bag. Take yourself to dinner if you need to go to dinner. Like reward yourself for for what you need to get through the next day or the next week or the hard times once you've accomplished something. Because as a leader, there's not always somebody who is kind of mm. patting you on the back and saying, great. Um, be humble 
Never be limited by your job description or what society says that you should be. And then (laughs) I have my favorite one, which I'm not abiding by today, is always look your best. Mm. So. So A L Y B is what we say. Always look here. <laughs> yep. I love that. Because you never okay, know. Laura, I'm going to turn this back around on you because you have been a female in leadership for a long time now, too. What advice would you give for our female listeners who are wanting to step into leadership now or in the future? I would say listen and read as much as you can. Um, ask co-workers, particularly male co-workers, you know, who do you read? Who do you follow? Um, I do think learning how to navigate being in a room full of men is a skill that you've got to learn and you need to figure that out. It's not a bad thing. It's just um, kind of new territory for a lot of women. I would say I really like what Amy said about just have confidence to do it. They, you know, believe in yourself and what the Lord's called you to do and just step into it and say, okay, I'm going to trust you, Lord, that you're going to equip me with what I need to do this well. That's good. Our number one call for all of us is to step into whatever God has for us, um, no matter what that looks like. So, okay, Amy, last question. What do you want your legacy to be? I think that, and I wish I knew the reference for this verse, but I don't. But I think I really just want people to think I always gave it all I had for them, mm-hmm. you know? So um, whatever I've done to just like do it to the very best of my ability each and every time, whether that's being a mom, being a wife, being a leader, being a friend, whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. But but that, and I think that just translates to kind of like, you could always count on her, you could always mm-hmm. depend on her, that type of thing. Well, Amy, Laura, Thank you so much for being with us today. Ladies, thank you for listening to season four of As You Go. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. As You Go podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.